You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Great deal going on. You throw down $5 on the Super Bowl. If that team wins, you get $280 in free plays. That simple, that easy, make it happen. All right, we've got a ton of comments to get to, and this is what's so great about it. We'll come in here and we got about, uh, oh gosh, we got almost 30 comments already. So hop on in here. All right, we're going to get to all your comments in just a minute here. But Schuster, uh, you and I were in close contact during the game. And um, watching this, this is a good win, period. There's no other way that you can really get around it. This is a good win for Arizona. SC is go. SC is every bit the part of a top 25 team. And when Arizona was down six with, what, a uh, little over four minutes to go, and Tommy Lloyd called that timeout, we're both talking. and like, eh, I don't know. It doesn't look so good. And Creasy hits the big three. Arizona gets right back in it. You've got a Tabellus and one, and Arizona never looked back from there. The Tabellus and one with the assist from Dalen Terry was possibly the most significant play in the game. And then from there, you got Creasa hitting the big three and a bunch of other shots. We've talked a lot about uh, kind of the new Arizona basketball mantra where basketball doesn't always have to be hard. But when you can win, when the game is difficult, and you've got to grind your way through, that just makes things a little bit better for the fortunes uh, and the opportunities that you have uh, at making a, a deep tournament run. This is the type of game where it looked like, and there was a big play that happened that worked against USC. Mobley got knocked in the nose and was mm-hmm. not as effective the rest of the game. That was a big deal. However, Arizona was the stronger team down the stretch and got, if you weren't paying attention to the game, it's a 10-point win. You're thinking, oh, wow. You know, that's a, you know, Arizona took care of business. It was not easy. USC made them work for it. I But I thought throughout most of the game, up until about the last 10 minutes, where I think USC was better most of those last 10 minutes, uh, except the last four, uh, that Arizona was the better team and SC was just kind of lingering. Right. There were a lot of opportunities that the Cats had to make this maybe double figures here and there and try to extend leads. And on every occasion, it seemed like SC hit one of its few big shots and they just hung around. And then, you know, Mobley started to take care of business on the inside. They got the six point lead. It wasn't looking very good. And then Arizona stepped up and needed what it needed to do and got a really nice W, as you noted, down the stretch. This was a really good win on a on a bunch of different platforms. First and foremost, let's get to some comments here. Sean Seeley, man, truer words never been spoken. First place in the Pac-12 has a nice ring to it. What, what you really didn't want to have happen in this USC game was – it's not that it would cancel out beating UCLA, but at the same time, if you're going one and one in that homestand, you don't control your own. Well, technically you do control your own destiny, but you've also got some different, uh, you know, some different uh, uh, paths. There are different scenarios out there and, and, and it puts UCLA in a better mix and, right. you know, Oregon's out there and, and it leaves the conference a little bit more wide open. This helps Arizona a lot as far as its positioning is concerned. No, a hundred percent. So this was a big, uh, Oh, by the way, Abraham Mendoza, the harbingers of truth are back. Yes, that's what we aim for on this. That's what we aim for on that show. All right, Chad McDonald's great name, by the way. So Chad McDonald said, Ballo is my is still my favorite player. You and I were talking about Ballo, and I think we maybe motivated Coloco in the process because he made a couple baskets, had a couple blocks. But when Ballo is in there, and I, it was really notice, notable, at least to me, that USC is very long. 
They got a lot of big dudes out there for sure. When Ballo is out there, though, he is just a presence, and he has an ability to be able to finish that I don't know that anybody else on the team necessarily has right now. I thought it was interesting that Lloyd kind of went offense for defense there in the last couple possessions, but I think this is a guy that you're going to see playing about 20 to 25 minutes a game, or at least that's what I'm hoping. One of the points you made, Mike, uh, when we were watching the game was how Ballo is a little bit more aggressive quicker uh, than some of the other players on the inside. Mm-hmm. Right, for sure. And he, and he was. He, You know what it is, too? He's got the ability to be able to – and Coloco is very, very good. He does a lot of really good things. John Schuster was very astute in his observation about Coloco before the season. I was not. That being said – when Coloco gets the ball under the basket, there's a hesitation. There's kind of a fumbling with the ball. Ballo is just far more natural at it. Ballo gets the ball. Ballo is able to finish in a variety of ways. And I know that's funny talking about it, but it's just it's just easier. And I think that when he's not out there, it's definitely something that you notice from a just from an ability to finish around the hoop there, Shu. It seems like you've got three different approaches on the inside. You have Tabellus, who is crafty. Uh, a, a Euro player who plays with a Euro style, who has, when the ankle isn't affecting him, good footwork and understanding about how to get into position to take a shot, but he works a little while sometimes to do it. It's not often, sometimes this happens, but it's not often that Tabellus goes straight to the basket and gets a quick bucket. It can happen on occasion, which is nice and makes him versatile on the inside. Coloco needs to gather himself still. Coloco's mm-hmm. not fair. If it isn't an alley-oop dunk situation, Coloco, when he gets the ball, kind of seems like he has to look around, try to figure out where somebody is. Sometimes if he, you know, when, when the double team comes, he'll get himself in bad angles, maybe sometimes behind the backboard on the baseline, makes things a little bit more difficult and things have a, have a tendency to bog down because there's a lack of aggression or physicality that hasn't worked into the equation just yet. And Ballo's much simpler. Ballo gets the ball and tries to score, period, end of conversation. Robbie, it's good to see you. Ballo gets the ball, tries to score, end. The end. That's it. There's no no C to E to D to H to B on how (laughs) it's trying to work around. Ballo gets the ball, finish, period. You know, so, so so it's interesting how the three of them work on the inside. There's no real consistency in the process. But if you're looking at a traditional big guy who can be a problem on both ends of the floor, Ballo has established himself as someone that Arizona can be comfortable in for extended minutes. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the margin for error with this team. And one other place that does have a good margin for error is the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. You throw down $5 on the Super Bowl, and you know what? If the team that you pick wins, you get $280 in free plays. That simple, that easy, make it happen. DraftKings Sportsbook app, Arizona only. Eligibility restrictions to apply 21 and up. If you've got a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Shu and I both like the Rams. We were talking to a guy at the uh, at a bar to, uh, on Saturday who – or is it Saturday? Thursday. Who, Thursday, yeah. yeah. Who? Yeah, sorry. I'm getting my I days know, the, the, the days blend. Yes. When, you, when you're the wild partiers that we are, there's no such thing as the There's weekend. no such thing. So either way, DraftKings Sportsbook app, make it happen. When we're Nick, uh, Nick Howard said, when we're fully engaged, um, I don't know that there's a team in the country that can play with us. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to go a little bit further on Nick's take. This team again, and I I don't want to keep patting myself on the back here, but I'm going to. 
this team's margin for error is insane. This is a very good USC team that is absolutely going nowhere. They are going to be in the top 25 for, you know, uh, this is a top 25 team. You got a crummy performance out of Ben Matherin. Uh, Coloco until the final, you know, was kind of hit or miss. Dalen Terry again was fantastic. But, you know, overall, though, this was not a team where you had vintage performances from about anybody. And this, and still, Arizona was able to beat this team. It, it, it's really unique to watch. And maybe it's just kind of a harbinger of, uh, of memories back to a previous era, but we haven't really seen anything quite like this. Uh, I think there's a lot of 88 in this team. I've mentioned that comparison before. Except, all right, you, go, go ahead and explain for, that, please. Uh, uh, you know, to reset. By the way, I'm going to write an article about that. I think it's oh, a okay. very good point. 1988 was the year where Arizona as a program exploded onto the college basketball scene. Mm -hmm. And by the end of that year, this is the team that had Steve Kerr, they had Sean Elliott, they had Anthony Cook, they they were they had Tolbert, they were McMillan, they were exceptional. Uh, and during and made it to the Final Four, lost to Oklahoma the year that Kansas and Danny Manning won the title. Um, the but what they did was during the course of the regular season, when they could take care of business, they were so more advanced than the rest of college basketball. They just killed teams mm -hmm. and their and their average margin. They scored 85. They gave up 66. They 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 just crushed teams on a consistent basis and did so in the tournament as well. They beat North Carolina to get to the final four by 18 points. That was a marquee victory. Uh, they won a game in the tournament in the first round by 40. Uh, there there were they were clearly an exceptional basketball team playing at an exceptional level. And for folks who have followed Arizona for a long period of time, Steve Kerr had a horrible shooting night. And it was what ultimately bounced Arizona out of the tournament against a very good Oklahoma team led by Stacey King. But mm -hmm. they got to the final four and it, is, it, it was the game that uh, it was the season that established Arizona as a legitimate presence on the college basketball scene. And they've for the most part maintained that. The reason for the brand began in 1988, mm -hmm. uh, and and this team has a lot of that feeling to me, and that's what you're talking about in regards to the margin of error component. They 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 have an ability to work their way through, but a lot of that, and this has been interesting over the course of the last few weeks. Arizona came in to basketball the, over the course of the last couple of weeks, averaging I think 90 points a game. In four games since, grinders. Uh, they they lost to UCLA when they scored in the mid-60s. They scored in the 70s against ASU in, what was it the other night? 60s or 70s against UCLA. You're right. And, and mid-70s tonight. Right. So, their, so their point totals have gone down. But their ability to play hard-nosed defense has remained, and that has given them an opportunity uh, to be able to work their way through and be the legitimate contender that, people rightfully believe they are. However, in a game like this, and this is where statistics kind of get a little difficult to break down. It's easy to, you know, Coloco had a, you know, an off night and Matherin had another off night. The reality is that a bunch of USC guys had a bunch of, had an off night too. And the reason right. why both teams play really good D. They, mm -hmm. and, and the thing that made them, I think, uncomfortable is that it's very unusual for teams like this with a lot of length to play against teams that have a lot of length. 
and they kind of canceled each other out. So there were a lot of situations where offensive possessions were, frankly, as expected, very difficult to come by. Mm -hmm. In the end, Arizona's slightly better ability to find options on offense versus SC's inconsistency on that side of the floor was what made the difference in this game. But from a defensive standpoint, both of the teams play very well there, and Arizona proved it again yet tonight. And the thing that's going to play for them as they try to make a run in the tournament may not be that they score 90, which I think they're going to do from time to time, but that they can also hold teams to 60 and 65. And if you do that on a consistent basis with guys like Terry's length on the wing and Coloco and Ballo being pains on the inside, you can be a problem for a lot of teams in the country, and that bodes well for Arizona being a difficult out. All right. One thing that I do want to say, though, and KB Thiel, I have you up here for a reason. You're my guy. You know this. You're young buck. You're in the zone of zoo. Stop with the FU chants. Just please. Now, I'm not talking to you. I know you're not doing that. The people, the kids in the zone of zoo, it's just stupid. It's unbecoming. It's not necessary. One thing, I'm going to give you a quick little example here, and we'll get back, and I'm going to be dating myself here a little bit. Michael Dickerson was Michael Dickerson was a very good basketball player. I don't think there's any doubt about that. He was the Arizona was playing in Maples Pavilion in Stanford one time. This was back when Maples was absolutely rocking. Okay. And they started the Stanford Cardinal fans somehow found out the name of Michael Dickerson's ex-girlfriend who he had just broken up with. They started chanting her name. He said it threw him off like no other. He was like, wow, that's that was impressive. That's the kind of stuff where you can maybe get into somebody's head a little bit. Just the FU stuff is just stupid. Stop doing it, please. Do you have any idea how that started and became acceptable? Or is there just some weird post-COVID thing going on where it just kind of caught everybody off guard? I And I get that crowds are obnoxious and say a bunch of different things and, and, and stuff. But I've noticed in the last couple of games, and a fair amount of folks have brought this up, that the Zona Zoo's... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Demeanor has mm-hmm. really caught a lot of people off guard. Right. And, and, and it'll be interesting to see what the Arizona administration uh, does about that. But I'm fascinated if there's any particular reason why this has gained steam. Right. It's, it's unbecoming. Just stop doing it if you're listening out there. Okay. Now let's get to better stuff. Dalen Terry. This dude's becoming a star in front of our eyes right now. Now, he's a guy that, you know, he can't shoot. There's no doubt about that he can't shoot. But he does everything else well. And here's where I've got to give Tommy Lloyd a lot of credit. And I mean a lot of credit. Because he's figured out how to utilize this young man. So, yes, he can't shoot. We know that. But you know what else he can do? He can defend. He can handle. He can pass. This is a guy, and I tweeted this out, this was a guy who would be absolutely miscast under Sean Miller. Miller would have tried to make him into Dylan Smith or something where he's just standing in the corner. Lloyd is allowing this guy to explore his creativity. And Bob made an interesting point right here. He said, how better would this team be with Terry as a full-time PG? You and I were talking about this a little bit. Terry at the points is a scary proposition. Yeah, and I think there's a lot to be said about that. We actually did discuss that. It's interesting that this was uh, brought up here as well. Here's the good news, I I think. 
you know, we talk about how basketball is very interchangeable these days. And I think there's an interchangeable nature to the point guard position as well. And Arizona plays that way. So uh, Terry is, I think, point guard as often as anybody else is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when when he has the ball, he can make a lot of good things happen. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. He sees the floor very well. He makes some good passes. His uh, delivery uh, on the inside is generally strong. His uh, floor awareness and uh, ability to connect with Tabellus on the huge bucket that quelled SC's momentum uh, was maybe the possession of the game. Uh, There's a lot to be pleased about with his performance. And uh, hopefully for Arizona, that continues. And separately, and we've talked about Ballo as well, a guy who, and, and, and again, this is one of those games that isn't necessarily, it's one of those things in the stats aren't going to look particularly good because, again, both teams play very good defense and, and, and it was a defensive grinder kind of game. So your offensive numbers aren't going to be all that impressive. But separately and quietly and away from the ball, I thought Kyer played really well tonight I, as well. And and, and those and, and he's he's almost Arizona has an interesting collection of players who don't get attention in the course of the game but I think do good small things that help the overall flow. And that and that bodes very well especially as you're trying to develop a bench and uh it's clear at this stage that Lloyd is comfortable with with having to go to a bench if he needs to do it. And he's got good performance out of his three maiden bench guys. Right. Larson is solid. I think Kyer is way underrated because he just kind of disappears on the floor. But you know what it is with Kyer? Kyer is smooth. Kyer is the guy that kind of does a little bit of everything. He he can shoot, he can handle. He's not necessarily a guy that's ever going to score 30 points, but you watch him out there and he very much looks the part. He just looks like a natural basketball player. Um, I, I love Kyer when he's out there. I'm, he's one of the guys, and Tommy Lloyd obviously has hit all the right buttons. Kyer's a guy that I might even goose up his minutes there a little bit. Goose up is one, yeah, is one of my mother's favorite terms. Is that, that, that's a heck of a term. and You should mm-hmm. keep rolling with that. Uh, right. You know, hashtag goose up. Uh, right. There are, uh, yeah, and and it wouldn't surprise me when Arizona faces physicality in the backcourt that maybe those are matchups that aren't particularly good for Creasa. And as a result, Kyer is a guy who can step in and maybe give them a little bit more physicality along with Terry. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. All right. Now, the KB Thiel has responded. He said, the zoo has been awful post-COVID. They forgot how to chant. Palm Light is annoyed. Band is annoyed. Cheer is annoyed. Why? Because they're supposed to lead the chance and they aren't allowed to say curse words. Okay, well, don't say curse words. I mean, and I have no problem with swearing, personally. I mean, I swear. I don't swear on air, but I swear. I just, the FU stuff is just kind of stupid to me. Okay, now, Kurt Kreisa, he's a lightning rod for a lot of people, including myself. But you know what? Got to give it to him when you, you know, he wants his big shots again. Another game where he was he took and he made some huge shots down the stretch. Um, I don't know that he's necessarily a guy, and I got to be careful here how I word this because Arizona's a top five team. But I don't know that I necessarily feel comfortable with him being my my point guard for thirty five minutes a game against some of the best teams in the country. But if this is my sniper sixth man, if this is a guy that's you know playing off the ball. I feel more than comfortable with that. But again, he's got big stones. 
there's a lot of people out there that would not take the shots and make the shots that he does, and he's done it. And he, we got a big enough track record to say two things: that for whatever reason, he's just not a very good shooter, but he takes and he does make a lot of big shots. Shoe. Well, you can't make it if you don't take it, and Kreisa has no problem. Man, did you come up with that quote? <laughs> Let's just say I did. Kreisa uh, has no problem. Uh, using step one and occasionally gets to step two. So that's mm. good. And the more, honestly, the more that I watch him and I know there's an annoying component and I know the frustration is going to continue. And if Arizona gets bounced in this tournament, uh, I can almost guarantee sure. that Crease is going to have the bad shooting night and he's going to be the focal point for Arizona's uh, uh, ouster. Uh, and that's, mm-hmm. and, and, and to some, that's just, you can, you can see the tea leaves in front of you. You know, if that's, if that's how that's going to lay out, that's, um, you know, a frustration in, in, in that regard. But the more that I see him at McHale, I don't have a problem with kissing the floor. I don't have a problem with throwing the basketball. He's in get, I think he has a, a, in a weird way, an advanced understanding of how fun college basketball is. And how lucky he is at playing at a place like McHale and enjoying his time at the U of A. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a, there's a lot to I, be said for that. And I and I like that aspect of it. He's good at trying to get the crowd involved. You know, he knows how to. He's he's he doesn't have the build, but he's he kind of has a pro- professional wrestler's charisma. Right, a good professional wrestler. A lot of the like a diamond Dallas page. Uh, almost exactly. Like I, I think that's the comparison clearly that anybody would make a good professional wrestler from a charisma standpoint, because today most professional wrestlers don't have charisma. Uh, but Carissa understands how to play to the crowd. He, he, and he's okay with being the villain on the road. And sometimes when you're the villain, you get, you get got. Uh, right. And, and this is, I thought today he played reasonably intelligent in a game that is difficult for him because he was, physicality was going to be a problem. And and the thing about him, because physically he looks like the intramural guy playing against a bunch of D1 players who right. are in great shape, uh, They everybody's scouting report, he will be at the top of it. And, and the good guards are going to go after him and that's going to be that's going to be scouting report. Try to attack Arizona one hundred and one. That that's going to be the number one thing on the on the sheet. And he's going to have to deal with that. And Arizona's going to have to work around it. And mm-hmm. that's why it wouldn't surprise me if in some of those games a guy like Kyer comes in. But he held himself well enough tonight, and uh, again hit a big shot or two down the stretch that played a major role in Arizona getting a tough W. All right. Something that's going to play a major role in a lot of people is the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code word PHNX. Listen, everybody on here is fantastic. We all know this. KB Thiel, Abraham Mendoza, Robbie DeWitt. I can keep going on and on. And you know what? I am going to keep going on and on. Sean Seeley, Eric Z, Barney Scanlon, Chico Marietta. Uh, Let's see here. Doug Allen, uh, Nick Howard, Scott Schlittenhart, Bob, Andres Galvez, Chad McDonald's. but one thing I'd have to say, this has been asked, it's been thrown around. KB Thiel says, I think Lloyd has already locked up coach of the year in response to uh, Nick Howard. Absolutely. I mean, this is, a, this is a team that was not even ranked in the preseason. This And you can look at their schedule and you can say, it's probably going to be a top two seed, maybe three seed. I don't know, but it's not going to probably be anything lower than that. If you're just looking at guys that have outperformed the expectations, it's Tommy Lloyd by a mile. 
Yeah, it's hard to argue that. And I, th- I, I think you guys are right. I, I think, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, it seems it seems logical based on where the preseason projections were and what Arizona has been able to co- accomplish that Lloyd in his first year is going to get national coach of the year. I, I think he's got the inside track to that. Not to say that there aren't a lot of good coaching performances out there. Uh, you know, can't, Kentucky's playing a heck of a lot better. I think what Kelvin Sampson at Houston has done is outstanding. Uh, even though he plays in a smaller conference and has a veteran team, Medved at Colorado State's very good. Uh, a lot of the Blue Bloods have, you know, self has made Kansas better. I don't know exactly over the course of the last couple of weeks what's going on at Baylor, but I expect Baylor to be a problem when it's all said and done. And so what Drew has done there is, you know, equally is 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 excellent and outstanding. This is the most well. unexpected, be, though. I, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I would expect as a result of that, again, that Lloyd has the inside track. And and at this stage, based on Arizona's trajectory, I'd be surprised if he didn't get it. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see here. Iowa State coach has done a great job for his first year. He's done a great job. I agree with all that, but you know yeah, what? He's, the other one, he's, the the other one that I would suggest would be a dark horse only because of his legacy is 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 Shushevsky. I can. Shushevsky's going to be one of those ones too. By the way, the Chapel Hill fans chanting <laughs> chanting out <laughs> "F Coach K." <laughs> it it kind of it kind of sets a tone for hypocrisy, doesn't it? Because there's an element of weird respect and understanding in regard to that that you that, that you, you you feel like is it's hard not to laugh at that. And and then earlier we're talking about how the Zona Zoo is doing what it's doing. And if one thing that we do need to tell people, know. one thing that I do need to tell people right here too, first and foremost, is about the AZ Wildcats podcast and the brand. There is a vicious, vicious group of people that are going around out there and guess what they're trying to do they are trying to sell knockoff back the a t-shirts do not fall for it do not buy them get them from the phnx locker this is what they look like they're fantastic a lot of people on here have them if you see any of these spammers out there we're on to you you know what the uh we're gonna take care of what they're up to so again don't fall for this vicious slander i don't actually i don't know that it's slander but uh are you However, saying are, are are you giving a big f u to the scammers out there? In other I am. words, in other words, uh, you know, uh, yeah, get the money into DraftKings. Go right. the DraftKings route to get into the DraftKings merchandise location, and you can take care of it from there and get your back the a shirt. All right, get the back the a shirt, and again, DraftKings code word PHNX. We both like the Rams. You throw down five dollars, you get two hundred eighty dollars in free plays. That simple, that easy. Aaron Walsh says, "Yo, bear down." You know what we also say around here? Bear down, back the A. That's where we're at right now. Okay, now let's uh, let's look ahead a little bit here. We got we got a bye week coming up uh, Monday. We're playing ASU. So <laughs> I did have somebody. Oh at, my. Yeah, I thought I thought that was actually somewhat funny. Let's preview. Uh, let's preview a little bit. Uh, let's when we can make fun of ASU in the meantime as well. ASU UCLA tonight coming up. I've had a couple people say, you know, I'm really kind of uh, I'm really kind of torn on who to root for because I can't root for ASU. But if they beat UCLA, that's obviously good for us. And do something um, better on a Saturday night and not pay attention. Uh, but if ASU happens to get the W, that's a pleasant surprise that uh, helps Arizona standing as far as the uh, conference. Uh, situation is set up and that's not necessarily a bad thing now it's just as likely that ucla goes into tempe and wins by 20 Mm -hmm. but asu's played better right uh they were what 
lost by five to SC the other night in yet another grinder that was probably impossible to watch because both teams couldn't shoot anything. Their performance against Arizona was spirited. Uh, and, And if you look at them on the floor, there's a lot of confusion, I think, in as much as there's more talent there than their record indicates. Well, because and, that's what you were saying too. You're like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I was watching them after about eight minutes. I'm like, why aren't these guys better? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't feel like they, you know, they're not a, they shouldn't, they, they don't have tournament team talent and they're losing their best player, but they're also not a, they also have way better than a six win basketball team talent. And that, and so I'm a little bit confused about them, but taking them lightly can conceivably be problematic. That said, I'm guessing that Arizona, from a fan base standpoint, is going to represent itself very well in Tempe on Monday night, and that could be a fun atmosphere. All right. One thing that I do want to tell everybody about there, I'm taking the show on the road here. Um, taking my dog Bruno up to uh, – I'll put it out on Twitter, but Bruno um, has uh, bladder cancer. He's handling a chemo like a trooper. We're going to be taking him up to – or I'm going to be taking him up to Colorado State University uh, Monday. But we're going to be doing the post-game show for – I'll be doing it from uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. John Schuster will be here on location, on assignment here in Tucson. So, you know, everything Everything will keep uh, going as is. Um, before, uh, before we sign off, though, right here, I just want to give a tip of the cap, first of all, to everybody out there because – this has been this has been a first of all this has been awesome. I can't thank all of you enough out there. You guys are all great. But Schuster this is this has been very nostalgic for me watching this Arizona basketball team. You know, again, I'm not saying the Miller didn't have a lot of really good teams he did, but this really feels like the brand of basketball that I came up here watching and that you you never really felt out of a game, but at the same time, you know what? Arizona can put you out of a game really quickly. And there was nothing more indicative of that than when they were down six. You know, I think it was. I'm sorry, I'm spacing. Yeah, about four minutes to go, and it was sixty to fifty-four SC. And right. Arizona went on. You know, I uh, I'm drawing a blank on what the final was. I know it was a ten-point final. So Arizona outscored SC by sixteen in the last four minutes of the game. That's right. That's that's a that's a testament to toughness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's nice to have that because we talk about. You know, Arizona gets the soft label. And one of the things when you have a team that scores well and runs stuff well on the offensive end, the soft label pops up. And, you know, obviously you get into some tournaments and you catch a team that beats you up a little bit and it's easy to fall back. Oh, Arizona was soft and it finally caught up with them from time to Mm -hmm. time. Um, And and there have certainly been some frustrations here and there uh, with uh, what Arizona has done. But generally speaking, as a team, while this team runs offensive sets very well and has a lot of different places that can go to get buckets, they've also had to be grinders at time down the stretch. And that means a lot that, and the, that, that gives them confidence and gives them an opportunity. So, so you look at the UCLA game at LA and really that was the outlier, which is the good news. Now, could there be an outlier in the tournament? You get bounced. Of course there could. Good teams have had bad performances and lost in the NCAA tournament. Mm -hmm. But the body of work for the U of A has been one of excellent performance on the offensive end, tough and uh, surprisingly tough because of their size on the inside. Uh, and, and, And even in big games where it's been difficult, Arizona has either fought back or actually taken leads 
late against good basketball teams. And the two that come to mind are at Illinois, which nobody is going to say that Illinois isn't a physical basketball team. Right. And Arizona took it to them in the last four minutes and of the game. What's funny? I don't think, Mike, anybody's going to say that SC isn't a physical basketball team either. For sure. And Arizona Here, did the same thing today. Here's what I think you've got right now for if you're Arizona. You've got you've Illinois is in my and you and I were saying this at the time, even though they weren't ranked, I believe. And somebody'll somebody if you could throw this on here right now, but um, you Illinois is a top. 15 basketball team in the nation. I have no problem. I, I was able to watch that. I know they were missing one of their best players. I have no qualms saying that. They felt like a top 15 basketball team there. Arizona got that win in Champaign. Then UCLA is a top 10 basketball team. They just are. You know, Arizona's got that win as well. USC is a top 25 basketball team. They just are. So you've got three wins now that are incredibly nice. You're going to have Oregon come into town here in about three weeks. Then you're going to have the Pac-12 tournament as well. So I look at it and I'm thinking to myself, there's not going to be a lot of blemishes on Arizona's resume. And keep in mind too, you've got two losses right now. One is to Tennessee at, uh, at in Tennessee. You played one of your worst games of the year and you almost won. And had a and, chance to win late. Yes. Then you played UCLA and Pauly. You know what? You lost by 15. It is what it is. That's a top 10 team. Things like that are going to happen. But right now, this is a team that they kind of control their own destiny, in my in my opinion. If they win out, they're going to be a number one seed. I don't expect them to win out. I think they drop a couple games. But right now, you're looking at a team, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is squarely in that one or two line. And I'd be, I'd be fairly surprised if they didn't end the season anything worse than that. And a three seed at the very least. Is- this is why this is why this week was so significant. And I think the UCLA game bigger than the SC game, but getting a sweep uh, helps greatly. I find it hard to believe that from this point on, unless Arizona goes into a catastrophic collapse, that they're not going to be on the one or two line in some bracket. And there's a possibility that they're going to play a little bit closer to home too, based on how things go. So, so Arizona has done itself a lot of favor. This is, this was the best weekend for this Arizona basketball team because they played two good teams back to back. And even though they were at McHale and generally speaking, the crowds were excellent and very engaged. uh, They, they, they had to play well enough to knock off two legitimate teams that I think have every reason to believe that they're that, that that they can be legitimate factors in the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. That's a good thing. So Arizona is now battle tested. And that is one of the things that we were worried about with their unkempt schedule. Their mm-hmm. non-conference schedule worked out to being, you know, not particularly good. And the Pac-12 has some separation. Well, right. now we have four examples and uh, a loss at Tennessee where you had a chance to win. Uh, in a game where you were getting your ass kicked early, uh, an Illinois game where the other team went on a 19 nothing run on the road and you got a W, mm. uh, a, a, a bad performance against UCLA where it, they, they just seemed lackluster and it didn't work, and then knocking off USC and UCLA back-to-back here. Uh, Arizona is legit, and we know it, and I think the rest of the country knows it, and now y- you, know, the, you, you feel good about Arizona's chances in any matchup at this point on, does that mean, you know, they can't lose to a good team? Of course they can lose to a good team. Uh, a lot of good teams in the tournament do. But Arizona's in the mix and in the conversation. And 
a good run is possible there, and it helps simply from a statistical standpoint if you're on the one or two line. And Arizona certainly helped its cause uh, by virtue of the way that it played this weekend. Guys, we can't thank you enough. You're all the best. The only place you need to be for the post game. Again, appreciate you because what makes us, I think, unique is we don't want to talk about ourselves. We want to hear from you, and you guys are all fantastic. I can't thank you all enough for being there. Um, we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back with you on Monday. Uh, I will be on. I will be in Los or excuse me, Albuquerque. Schuster will be here. But you know what? If you see any of these people that are trying to pawn these back the A T shirts off. Don't go for it. We're watching you. Everybody out there again, thank you so much. We appreciate you. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.